Welcome to Practically a Fabring, a podcast about life, about getting real, and about Chabad Hasidis. Here's our hosts, Menachem Poznanski and Rabbi Mayor Prager. Hey, Practically a Fabring, and welcome back. Okay, we're jumping in this week, next week. Guilt, shame, such a powerful topic. Uh, so many people talk about today, but uh, talking about how that relates to the teachings that we've been learning in Tanya. But first, before we get there, I want to ask you to please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasting. It really helps us uh, get the word out. Also, please share us with your friends. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us a question. We love when people send us questions, consciously the podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so we're here at Paragid Aleph, and the Tanya gets really practical, as you'll see, discussing how one uncovers the true Vitovlo in the Russia Vitovlo. Here it is. Okay, here we go. Practically a Fabrengen. Here we are. We're in Paragid Aleph. We're making our way into what feels like dangerous territory, talking about the Russia Sheino Gummer. Feels like it touches a little, uh, touches a nerve, maybe getting real. <coughs> so uh, last time we began to discuss the nature of the, of the, of the Rosh Hashanah the Rosh of Vitovlo, right? We were talking last time about how he's a Rosh of Vitovlo because he's really Tov. He's just a little bit of a Russia, right? The, the Rishas is a little bit. The main thing is, is the Tov that's inside of him. It's apparent. Right. The issue is apparent. Because, right, right. Because, right, ask oh, Gavalt. Right, because, it's a good Chazar, right? It's no, it's because it's noticeable. Right. right, because the the rishas is noticeable. That's what the Russia Russia Vatayil. It's a beautiful. Ah, oh, so it's not so bad. That's oh, I feel comfortable again. Okay, <laughs> okay so what, where do we go next? Where we go next is so the the altar in Tanya here gives us a very um, interesting analogy of the essence of that state. The Rosh Hashanah is not just a technical term where you where a person is. It, it gives you guidance of how to deal with it also. So he says that the the Tadik the, Vitevloi, the lower, the better level of a Rosh, I'm sorry, I say Rosh Hashanah, is defined by the fact that he has regret. You know, we always wonder, you know, people always talk about, you know, Jews and they always have regret. <laughs> that, that's an essence of a Yid. Why? Because he's still connected to Taiv, to good. So even when, you do, when the person does something that's negative and terrible, it's still the fact that he still has remorse shows Taiv Loi. He still is connected to Taif versus the level of a rush of a ally that he has no remorse. Remorse is, remorse is a sign that you're alive. Your, your connection to good is very, very much alive. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel remorse. The fact that somebody regrets doing something means that he's still, he's still connected to the good. So what does that exactly mean in sense of so why is he doing it? That's always bothered me. Why do I know, if I know that something is bad, I'm, I feel remorseful, so why, am I, so why do I do it again? That's very good for the first time. But the person who 
who lives like in the like he says that this is the the the, the Russia that they're always charata, they're always having remorse, always having remorse and stop it. Why why can we stop it? And everybody knows how how futile it is. Like when someone says, just don't do it. <laughs> okay, I'm not doing it, but next time he did it again and again and again. You ever see that old uh, video? I don't mean to throw it Yeah, just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> the therapist. Yeah, my, yeah, my family is the favorite, <laughs> favorite uh, video. Just stop. Or oh, bury you. <laughs> but, so that's, that's, that, that's truly an amazing question. Well, what does that mean? Why is a person always having charata? And it's almost that's the definition of, of somebody who has an issue. I think, I think that with this adding here, the Nasa. He says that when someone does something bad, uh, from an, an analogy point of view, he says he goes into the Merkava. Merkava is a wagon. <clears throat> and he becomes, like once you get into a car, you don't know the driver. You got into the wrong car. It starts taking you wherever it, you know, you're not driving. And then whatever happens, you, you're, you're with it. But that itself needs explanation. What does it mean you're getting into the car? You're getting into a Merkava and you lost your, 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 your choice of where you're going. But then right away, afterwards you regret it. And he says, if you do tshuva, then it's done. Then, then you're done. Tshuva nechayna. Just at least regret. That I'm not going to do it again. What is this analogy giving us? So I'm thinking that the Makova that he's talking about also is also, it says in Kabbalah that the, the source, the spiritual, everything has a spiritual counterpart in the source of the Nefesh Bahamas is the, the when Yechesko had this vision of the Markova, he saw the animals that are, that are guiding the Markova, and then he saw the Odom, Hashem, so to speak, sitting on the Kisei, and how it's going to wherever it needs to go. That is an amazing analogy, because he's basically saying is, that they wish to created these forces, one's an ox, one's a lion, it's an eagle, these are tremendous forces of nature, that guided correctly, takes Debish to where he needs to go, where Debish wants to go, and that's what these animals are there for, to bring a person to where he needs to go. But what happens when you get when the animal is not being controlled? You lose the reins. So now the animal acts like an animal and goes wherever he wants to go. And where does the animal go? Wherever you go, wherever he's going to find enjoyment. Right or wrong has nothing to do. He, animal doesn't have intellect. There's no there's no thinking. He lost the intellect. Is the person controlling it with his mind? Like what what you need to do? But the second you let the animal be an animal you're going to go into a place that you didn't want to go until the animal ends up doing its thing and he's not, and he's not, he's, you know, like after the lion goes for the chase and then he sits down and relaxes. Once he relaxes, then the person regains, he has access to the, to the rain, so he takes off, he's back consciously in charge and he looks at him and says, what the, where did I go? Where'd you go? You, there's a part of you that's an animal. And the second you let him do his thing, he's, you're disconnected from your intellect. All your resolve and resolutions that one had before, before is, has no value anymore. It's very much like you're with, a, with an animal and you lose the leash. It's done. Gone. And now the animal does its thing until you somehow, it calms down and you can, you can regain control. So then the person goes ahead and says, Oi, what did I do over here? You know, I, I, I look what I ended up doing. 
So he makes a resolution, again, mentally, that he's not going to do it again. But the second you let the animal act like an animal, you lost, the, you lost that resolution. You don't have the reins anymore. So he's saying this is going to happen, it's going to happen again, again and again. Until a person, until you have truly control of the Nefesh Bahamas. person has to truly, constantly be on top, vigilant, and not let go of that. And the second, if somebody has, for a more practical analogy maybe, we use a more benign issue. Someone has an eating disorder. That's more benign. <laughs> no, no one's getting hurt. No one's, besides themselves. Okay. It's okay, the least okay. amount of collateral damage. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It made me anxious. A person, the second when a person knows, I, I, I can't over, I, I can't do this. I'm not at all. You know, it's too much food. But the second he, his body has the taiva and he he has the lust, he sees the food and it's exciting. He lost the reins. Now the body just goes ahead and eats until that taiva is done. Once the taiva is done, then then it's not an animal anymore. It's more relaxed. Then the person's head comes back. And goes, what'd you do? What do we do? This is what they do. I eat. He did, that, that's that's the animal. That's the markova. That's the wagon. That's when you person without without uh, control. So it always has chalata because this this it it it's interesting. You you simply lose the reins of control and then you gain again. And the only way to do it is to learn how to control that animal even while they're eating or doing whatever they need. If, if it's bad, then you have to stop it completely. If it's, if, it's less, if it's not, it just needs to be controlled. We have to understand that this is, this is these are animals. It's not, it's, not, it's not just cute words, to, to, you know, cute title. It literally is an animal and it has no intellect. Once we give them control, they're, they're done. Mm. Okay. Great stuff. I mean, last few weeks, we've been uh, kind of, I feel like, wandering into the space that I operate in all the time because uh, I work with people who are struggling with addictions and also unwanted habits, which also comes up. People call addictions today because we like to be very dramatic. Right? Right. But sometimes people have these unwanted habits and how can we break those unwanted habits? It's remarkable to me how intuitive the Tanya is in terms of how much my life experience with this in 2021 is like, consistent with what the Rebbe is describing, except that my whole worldview was kind of so influenced for the last 15 years by Tanya. So I don't know, I don't know if I could, you know, feel blessed or good or just acknowledge the degree to which he's directed my thinking. But anyway, but it's, it's really remarkable. Okay. So what you talked about is now that the Rebbe introduced the Nefesh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Russia Sheinogamar, the Russia Vitovlo, he wants to begin to give us a certain conceptualization of what the solution looks like, what a way out of that state looks like. A person finds themselves in a state, which we'll describe in a minute, where he's not living the way he wants to. He's on the wrong bus, so to speak. How can he get out of it? In order to find a way out of it, you have to really kind of begin to conceptualize it, which means really drawing an understanding between what a Russia Vitov low is and what a Russia Varalo is, and also by extension next to what a Benini is, right? <laughs> Meaning where we're head, where we are, where we want to avoid going, and where we'd like to go in the future. So that's that's that that's that different frame. And part of what you what he points out, and this is very, very powerful, and this is consistent with my experience working with people, is that regret, remorse, guilt is a really is the battleground that occurs between a healthy response to unwanted 
habit patterns or behavior patterns or addictions, dependencies, all those things, those are all three different, four different things, that the battleground really is in regret and the way in which a person encounters regret and a way in which a person encounters that regret in a healthy way. Now, I don't want to get lost in a discussion of what toxic remorse looks like and atzvos. The Rebbe gets there. We actually get there later in Tanya, and it'll be Kedai to talk about it then. But what the other Rebbe is talking about over here is not that. So it's really important to remember because there could be people listening to this who have a very bad relationship with guilt, either because they were taught to process guilt in a really destructive way or they're just naturally oriented towards beating the snot out of themselves. That's not what we're talking about over here. We're not right. talking about, we're talking about constructive remorse. So the presence of the remorse, the fact that the person acts and then regrets how he acts is the symbol, is the is the differentiating point between the rush of a tovlo and the rush of a ralo, which means the rush of a ralo means like you're a Russia. The way we, when we were kids, they said you're a Russia. Rush of a tovlo means no, 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 you're tov. But unfortunately, as we were talking about last week, the ra that's inside of you is perceptible. It's emerging out, and it's uncomfortable, and it's it's ugly. It doesn't look nice, but it's not. We actually called it cancer. Right. It's like a cancer. It's not good for you. It's like a, right, it's like a, the analogy I use is of a guy like has like a, the guy who says, like, oh, I'm a rush. I'm a bad guy. did such bad things. Meanwhile, like he spent all of his day doing good things, and he like, for right. 20 minutes, he did a bad thing. It's like a guy who has like a tumor on the front of his face, and, and he's like, oh, I'm the tumor, and I can't, I can't, I'm getting headaches, and I like, just remove it. Like, what do you mean? It's inside of me. It's part of, I can't remove it. It's, I, it's, <laughs> he starts to self-identify with the tumor where the tumor becomes his whole life. Meanwhile, it's just a, it's just a, it's a protrusion that has to be removed. Anyway, so the remorse, as you said, is a sign that he's alive. It's a sign that he's really not just alive, but that he's rooted in good. In good. But he's trapped in a pattern of behavior. Okay, so that was the first piece, very, very important. The next piece that you talked about was this, what it means to be trapped in a pattern of behavior, which the Alter Rebbe describes as Merkava, which is interest, an interesting language because that's a language we use for holiness, right? So it's interesting to frame it that way. And part of what's interesting here is that we're beginning to discuss and look at how habit, behavior, how I see the world my conception all occurs in my brain. We don't always associate it that way because we feel like we think with our minds and we act with our bodies, but really we act in our brains and our bodies are just mechanisms for the brain to do what it wants to do and not even the brain. The brain is just a mechanism for the mind and the mind is a mechanism for the soul. So all of this is occurring inside. I'm trapped in a certain habit pattern. That habit pattern is present in my brain and I don't feel good about that habit pattern in my brain and I'd like to do better in my brain but I'm not sure if I can in my brain that's all occurring kind of in that system so when we are trying to break free of that negative habit pattern that's where that's occurring that's really important which has a lot to do I think with why we're in Chabad right it's Chabad Hasidus that's where that's the battleground that's where we're going to find success when we're engaging the mind. So what you talked about is how a Merkava and its context in Pneumius has to do with the forces of nature that Hashem creates that kind of carries energy from one space to the next. And that becomes true in our lives, right? And interestingly, like in biology, the way in which we behave has to do with habit patterns that we develop as human beings. It's really, really interesting. It's just a simple conceptualization that I think is really important to, to put out here. It is... If you ever watch like a baby walking, beginning to walk, so when the baby begins to walk the first day or two or three, for sure the first day and then less and less, the baby is very focused on their feet. Now, they're not consciously thinking about this, but unconsciously the brain is kind of trying to figure out which muscles it should move 
in order to successfully walk, which is a very complicated operation, right? It's like hundreds <coughs> of different muscles and different ligaments that have to move in order for us to successfully walk, but we don't actually think about it. Three weeks later, the baby's like walking and carrying a, a blanket and calling to its mommy and sucking a pacifier, like a very, very complex mechanism of, of behavior. All of that's possible because Shem created the, the brain to develop patterns. It wants to develop patterns. Once it develops a pattern that works, it sticks in that pattern. So that's really, and that's how oftentimes people get caught in unhealthy or unproductive patterns of behavior, habitual behavior. But what's really powerful here is that that doesn't just occur in the micro level. That's kind of occurring all over, right? Meaning I submit myself, so to speak, to a certain force and a certain energy, and that habit, that behavior drives me. Now I'm no longer driving the bus because I got on the bus. And sometimes with certain behavior patterns, with certain choices, I end up on the wrong bus, going to the wrong destination, going to the wrong neighborhood. And then I, I'm on the bus and I regret being on the bus and I have to get off the bus, which is hard, but now I'm still in, I'm on my way to the bad neighborhood. That's inherently the problem. So what we were talking about is that the point of separation between the rush of Atovlo and the rush of Aralo has to do with their reaction once they find themselves on the bus, right? On the wrong bus. They've engaged a, a habit, and now they realize I'm on the wrong bus. Yeah. The rush of Vitovlo gets on the bus, and he regrets where he is, and then he has to take control of his life, which the analogy is better with an animal, because what happens with an animal is when an animal develops a negative habit pattern, the first thing, because when you talk about control, it gets confusing, because you think, like, okay, you have to control the Nefesh Bahamas forever, but part of what's describing here is, no, 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 when an animal develops a bad behavior, the first couple days and then weeks, you have to really break the behavior. But then once you break the behavior, then you have to just take back the reins and the animal starts to do what you want it to do. The horse starts to go where you want it to go. Breaking the Mustang is very difficult, but once it's broken, that's where it goes, right? And that's kind of where we're kind of headed. We want to be able to get on the bus and be the ones driving the bus or the good parts of us driving that bus. Yeah, it's a very, you know, what you added, uh, that's a, a very important point that I don't know if I, if I brought it up before, is that you're right. Once once it's gained control, then it's like a makover in the Ruchnis because ultimately we want these energies to align itself. This is where you came from. You came from a, a Markova that helped God get to a certain place, and now you devo- you evolved into this animal, and the person evolved into a, from a chilkol kamamal mamish to this person, and we have to go in a certain place, and the place to go is part of the most important is how to control these energies, these animalistic energies, these unbridled instincts, know, instincts. That it should go in, it should go in, in in the right place. But I, I just the the concept of is very interesting about the the regret again and again because once if you don't have vigilant control, as long as it's not nepach to a different thing at that time, any time you're gonna you're gonna not you're gonna you're gonna let go, so to speak, it takes over. It's that space that that intrigued me most. That you lose yourself. Where right. you're not even you're like afterwards you look at you say, What did I what happened? Right. Like you know, and that's why it's a, with a wagon, it's like literally you fall asleep on the on a on the bus and you wake up like, how did I get into this neighborhood? I missed right. the stop. I I mean the horse drawn wagon is, is kind of an interesting analogy because let's say you fall asleep on the wagon and then right. the horse goes where it wants let's to go. Let's go, it goes where hay is. Right. And he's like, and you're in someone's territory, and the guy says, trans, trans, trespassers will be shot. Right. 
<laughs> you're like, I'm not going to do that again. Right. But you're tired, so you fall asleep again. But that's the point. That's right. the, that's the uh, until then, the, the, the Russia needs to, the Russia of a Tevoy needs to be very vigilant and very conscious of the fact that any time he's going to let go a little bit of the reins because this is unbridled energy that's not tamed yet. Right. You're going to go into that place. He wants you to Meaning know. Meaning when, when you misstep, you're going to fall into a pattern that's going to take right. you to a certain place, and then you're going to experience regret. The regret is actually an affirmation of the good, which is interesting, right? That's right. Where, like the separation between toxic guilt and good guilt, right? Toxic guilt tells you that you're bad. Good guilt reminds you that you're good. Right? But this reminder is here to remind us that you're about to, let's say, do this thing that you need to do, which lends itself to you that you need the animal. Right. Know if you're not vigilant. There's, it's not going to make a difference what you made up intellectually. Because once that energy is, 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 is touched upon, those, ener- those animalistic energies, it's not listening to reason. Right. No reason. The only thing it understands is control. Mm. The leash. A certain level of control. That's the one thing that you need to walk away from when you do these, you know, is the resolve. What's, the, what's my main tool? The main tool, Kabbalah sale. The main yeah. tool is the leash, is, is holding on, is saying I'm not. It's like uh, when Yaakov, before he went into love, and it says that he put, he put rocks around his head. So Rashi says from the animals. So they asks if it's the animals, they, what's wrong? You know, they can attack his body. Right. So they said spiritually explaining that Yaakov knew he's going into a place where there's going to be a lot of challenges. So he put rocks around his head. Rocks meaning in, 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 in spiritual terms, rocks is something that they don't grow. It doesn't grow. It doesn't have a smell. It doesn't have any character. It just is. And that's what Kabbalah says. I'm doing it. The resolve, I'm doing it. Not a, it's not an intellectual thing. It's just, I'm doing it. I'm in. So he had to put it around his head, knowing you're going into this place. The most important thing is make that resolution and don't let go. Because if you, don't, you won't let go, then you're going to go to fantastic places. You'll be able to ride through that storm and come out uh, amazing. And that's, and that's also over here with the, 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 the rush of a table. He needs to know that these are animals that are running this, this that's running his, his boat, his, his bus, his, his makova, his life. These are energies that God's put into our lives that need to be there for whatever reason. And, but the most important thing to know is you need to, you need to constantly be control over it. And the control is not going to be with a good logic, with just thinking, because the Nefesh Muhammad doesn't understand what you're thinking. Just knows that someone's holding the leash. Because you got this resolve. I'm doing this. I'm not doing it. I'm, 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 I'm only going to... Whatever guidelines that you need to go through that situation in a healthy way, that, that is the most important thing. The second you let go, you're not going to be you anymore. This other's energy takes to another place. Person, And then when, when that thing is over, so then your brain comes, wakes up again, gets control again. And that's where you're like, oh, what did I do? Why did I let go? You wake up. You wake up. But the point is that they gave it to us because see, it's kind of, we have a fantastic place that we need to go. Right. And your human feet are not fast enough to go, or resilient enough to be able to go. 
it was created all these forces to be able to over to to compensate for all the things that you, uh, we need to do to to achieve unbelievable stuff. Wow! So you're talking about like an acceptance that powerful energy that we're trying to rein in. You know, the Mustang that we're trying to break, which is complicated. It's useful, but it's a Mustang. So I was just walking; I wouldn't get anywhere. Right. Right. You couldn't. Right. It's impossible. Technically, you know, how far could you go? Where are you gonna go? Mm. You need to, whatever it is, and as the different types, it used to be just a Mustang. Now it's a car Mustang, and it right. take you across the borders and can take you places. Then you have airplanes, uh, the Pnei, the Shur, the, Pnei, uh, the the Eagle, learn how to fly places you couldn't go. You couldn't go, but that they're Markovic, they're bringing Debish, they're bringing Ruchnis, they're bringing the message, they're bringing, a, they're bringing something special to us, to an unbelievable place. Wow. Um, but most important is, is to be, uh, to, to not let go of those reins. Mm. Thank you, man. That was awesome. Thanks. Thanks.